Hello, and welcome to episode 235 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Seda Wolf and Scott Van Domlin, comic creators. This is Noah, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics podcast host, Matt. Hey, how's everyone doing? Very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, thank you for having us on here today. Very glad, very glad to have you guys both on. We met at Awesome Con. And I think I've been aware of Scott's work before this because we've had Philip Kennedy Johnson on before and he's talked about your books with him. But it was cool to meet both of you guys and to sort of see your history with Scott and Scoot laid out and on the table and um, get to know you guys a little bit through your work. So uh, would you guys mind leading off with the bio about yourself? Um, Scott, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm from Milwaukee. I uh, was a road musician for about 17 years and then settled here in the D.C. area and uh, sort of transitioned my fine arts background into illustration and got into comics. Awesome. And then Seda, what about you? What's your background? Um, well, Soul Stream is my first book that's coming out uh, at the trade paperbacks coming out at the end of the month. I started working on it when I was 15 and I am now 17. So wow. But yeah, I've just been working on this book through high school. I've graduated high school now. So that's what I've been doing. And when I met you guys at the booth, um, was it was it your, your that was it your mother that was there that was um was also like doing work at the booth and she was talking with you guys talking with me, I think. Yeah, my my mother was there with me too. Yeah, she yeah. she comes with me to conventions. And she she helps out as she does like manager type things, which is great because I'm a minor. So, yeah. Yeah, that works great. So you, according to her and this, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the youngest to be published at Scout and Scoot, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank and you. Uh, did you have like a love of comics always growing up? Like, was that just sort of in your blood? Um. Well, I've always loved any kind of stories that are told in visual mediums. And I think that comics are really great because of that. I've always loved all kinds of stories. Like, like I've, I've always loved video games and comics and cartoons and all kinds of stuff like that. And with you sort of at this young age, are you, uh, I'm guessing mostly self-taught, you know, just sort of the joy of, of drawing. I mean, I know you you could probably have some, you know, art classes in high school, but is it most of it just sort of self-taught or a little bit of going online to, to learn stuff? Uh, yeah, I think it's mainly self-taught because I've, I've always loved to draw. I've always loved telling stories. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing my best to keep trying to learn new things and improve. That's awesome. And Scott, sort of, I guess, same question for you. What, what, where did you go from musician to comics? Like, what was the transition there? Like, or I guess what came first, the love of art or the love of music? And um, I guess the love of art, but it was close, hmm. you know, because I grew up with both. And um, I did both pretty seriously all through high school. And when I was a senior in high school, I was, uh, I had, and then I had to choose because, you know, they're both very time consuming. So while I was shopping my, my portfolio around to schools for illustration, I was also taking auditions 
uh, music schools. So, and um, <laughs> at the time I chose music because I, I thought I'd have more free time. <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong. But uh, I, I'd always done art. I basically did a minor in art in college, and uh, all my time traveling uh, as a musician, I'd always kept a, kept a sketchbook. And of course, you know, on like a road tour, it ended up just being portraits of people sleeping on the bus and, you know, not the most interesting stuff. But um, I've been stationary for about 10 years now. And uh, and my wife has been great about encouraging me to 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 do it. I mean, this this drawing table is her fault. It's right? <laughs> like you need a table for this. But um so yeah, I had the opportunity to to do more art uh, out in the open, as it were. That's and cool. and when you went to school and you you did the minor in art, I think you said earlier was it uh, more fine arts sort of uh, focused, uh, or was it illustration? I know a lot of times if you go to to school, depending on what school it is, you know, if you, certainly if you're going to a SCAD or or some or a Kubert school. It's yeah. going to be sequential art, but I know a lot of, I'm guessing that like a lot of schools for, for art, um, you know, there's, there might be a class or two on sequential art telling or art, you know, story, but was it, was it more uh, fine arts based? Um, it's more fine arts and I was looking more for illustration. This is sort of, this is an interesting question. Uh, what's the difference between fine art and illustration? Right? Because I, I know some people, especially in the comics world, who, who uh, it's very polarizing. They don't like the, oh, fine arts, oh, you're, you know. But to my understanding, the difference is this. Uh, fine art is, is you're producing work for yourself. Illustration is you're producing work for a client. Mm. And this, this speaks nothing to the quality of the work. It's just the, the intention. It, the way I think of it is... Um, when you're doing illustration, somebody has a say, right? Somebody else can can ruin your day by saying that looks great, but can you flip it around? You know. Whereas in fine art, you you call all the shots. I mean, take for example uh, Norman Rockwell, fantastic painter, illustrator, not fine arts, right? Uh, Edward Hopper, great artist, good painter. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess then it's kind of interesting having two artists on the podcast right now because just I, I've read I've read one of your books, Scott, but like what you did on Smoketown is illustration. Yeah. And what Seda is doing with with Soulstream is fine art because Seda has the whole say, right? Well, so, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. yeah so. So in other words, Scott, get off the podcast. We don't have room for <laughs> illustrators here. We're just talking to fine artists. I don't know if what I do would count as fine art. Um, but I mean, remember, it doesn't have to do with technique or, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa. You know? Yeah, you can always. I mean, really, no, it doesn't. I mean, um, but I, I like that distinction because. I like getting into this heady topic of art and like what it means and everything like that. And I like how you've made the distinction between the two, but also made a good point. It doesn't say to how it's produced, right? It's all art in the end. Exactly. Because and, fine um, art sells yeah. just as much as illustration. Yeah. It, it's, 
you know, I, I can get as much emotional worth out of looking at a Hopper painting as I do out of looking at a Rockwell painting, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's all in the end, it's when we give it out to the world, it's, it's all art. Um, that's a very heady topic and I'm very happy to talk about it late at night. Um, so the, (laughs) (laughs) on the East Coast, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I guess, uh, my next question I, for both of you is sort of like what you guys seem to have like a, a passion for creating art and telling stories. When did comics come into the picture for both of you? So yeah, Scott, when was it like as an illustrator where you're like, I want to do comics? Well, <laughs> as an 11 year old boy, who doesn't want to make comics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, when I first uh, started uh, really doing a lot of drawing when I was when I was you know a little kid, it was I was copying pictures from. It's like I didn't know I was already doing the right thing. I was copying pictures from from comic books, from uh, first edition Dungeons and Dragons manuals and uh, the old Starfleet technical manual. If you remember what that is, you know, copying these things down, you know, and then. And then some of the stories actually kind of got a hook in me and I actually started reading the comics, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a couple comics that, that really influenced me, like got me thinking about, this is cool. I would like, we're, uh, uh, amazing Spider-Man. What was it? Two sixty? It was like in the Ron friends era. Right, it was a Hobgoblin uh, story arc, and it just I, the art really struck me. And the other one was uh, Uncanny X Men one seventy five, uh, which was the last issue that Paul Smith penciled. And, and the end of that issue was the first bit that John Romita Jr. penciled. But yeah, just Paul Smith's run on, on Uncanny X Men was just uh, was very influential. It, it didn't really. Uh, struck a chord and then I decided to start looking at comics a little more. That's cool. And it, it's been a while since we've had someone on here who's talked about like their love of comics coming from Spider-Man. Cause that's something we get a lot on here because Spider-Man's the coolest. And, um, but he's also just, you know, when you think of like classic comic heroes, it's, it's Spider-Man, you know, up there next to Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Seda, what, what about you? What was, uh, what was sort of for you, like the eye opener for comics where you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do, or this is how I want to tell my story. Um, well, I think I've definitely bounced around between a lot of different mediums. Um, I know when I was in middle school, I spent a lot of time trying to learn how to make video games. That was like my main thing back then. Uh, and then I realized I didn't really like coding that much, which is kind of an <laughs> essential part of making video games. So yeah. um, <laughs> I was like, because I, I, I realized, huh, I don't really like game design that much. Maybe I should try a different medium. So after that, I spent a couple years uh, just kind of bouncing between small story ideas. And then eventually, I just, I really wanted to make a comic, uh, partly because I love comics and partly because I thought it would be a great way to like, to improve my skills as an artist, just because that making comics forces you to draw a lot of things that I probably would not have normally drawn. Like I I, I, um, you have to draw characters in lots of different poses from lots of different angles repeatedly. And that was something that I thought would be really great for my growth as an artist. And uh, also 
Soulstream was just a story that I really, really wanted to exist because it's the story that I always wished existed. It's something I, I spent a long time looking for a story like it and couldn't quite find it. And I decided I wanted to make it myself. That's awesome. So I'm sorry, Matt, I've got one more question and then I'll let you ask a question. But on, on before I, before we get away from how you drew this comic, Seda, did you approach it kind of like in video game where like you did a character sheet and, you know, drew all the characters from different angles and use that as a reference? Um, well, I definitely, I designed all the characters beforehand. Yes. Um, I think they went through a lot of different iterations, uh, and a lot of different designs. I spent a while just planning out the whole story of my comic and planning out all the different characters and what they looked like. Um, so that was definitely very fun because I think character design is one of my favorite parts of like the story making process. I just really enjoy it. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I like so, I like the point that you bring up, Seda. And I remember you talking about this with people at AwesomeCon that you drew, you you made the comic that you wanted to see because you didn't see it out there. And that and that's that's how you can tell that that you're an artist because you've got an opinion about this. <laughs> yeah. It it also just goes to show your passion, and that's something we really appreciate on this show is that like you really want you know, your passion for the story to fuel the, the work itself. And that's something essential in making a good story. So that's, that's, that's always, it's always good to hear that this is something you wanted to read. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I guess my question for you would be, um, you guys probably have two different sort of roads to, to having a book at, at, at Scout. Um, Santa, you're sort of a one person shop. So you sort of are, able, I'm assuming, able to develop a, a pitch of your own and, and turn and you know turn that in and wait for you know a yay or a nay where Scott you're part of a team so like could both of you sort of talk about how the the book came to life or that sort of pitching process you know one as a sort of a, a sole creator and one as sort of as a as a team member um whoever wants to go first do you want me to go first I can go first I, you want to I go can first? go first I, to, I don't let, mind let's let's uh rock paper scissors. <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay. okay. It's one, two, three, then go. None of this going okay. on free stuff. Okay. Yes. Here we go. All right. One, two, two. three. Okay. Oh, you. So you I win, so I get the choice. So you go okay. first. Okay. Okay. I'll go first. Yeah. So, so with uh with um pitching to Scout, I basically I I made the first eight pages and then I submitted it to Scout. I wrote out like the the whole submission. I wrote out like the like I sent them like a synopsis of the first arc and I sent them the first eight pages and then they emailed me back and said they wanted to pick it up and that was really exciting um and it's crazy because that feels like so long ago and it was because I was 15 but yeah and that's awesome did you did you do any sort of research as to like uh you know with everything sort of being online you know there's there's a lot of resources did you go look look for like you know the basic structure of a comics pitch and sort of take pieces of it or did you just sort of think about what best represented it and, and send it off um i think i did some research uh it was also i i used like the the, the um the pitch format like on the, the submission format on the scout comics webpage. that was super helpful but yeah um by that point i had spent a lot of time uh working on my story and figuring out the plot so I basically just put together all the pieces and sent it off. And that's awesome. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to let, yeah, Scott talk about pitching first, but like, how long did it take you to do the eight pages? Was this something you had had like in mind for a while that you were like, okay, no, no, no problem doing eight pages or, or how long would that, how long did that take? Huh? That's a good question. I remember I spent a long time. I wrote out like a whole script for issue one. Like it had all the panel breakdowns. It had everything that happened in issue one. I showed it to my parents and they really liked it. So I decided to draw some of the pages and that was before I had even I hadn't really considered trying to submit it to publishers yet, but my mom encouraged me to try to submit it to a publisher. Um, so after I had eight pages, because that was that was the minimum amount of pages, I think, to have it to submit it. So I finished eight pages. I don't remember how long it took. It probably took like a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I wasn't working on it like, I don't know. It wasn't really like a full time thing yet because it hadn't really been like picked up to be published. After that, of course, I spent a lot of time consistently working on it because it was going to get published and it needed to be finished before mm -hmm. that could happen. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry, Scott, you go ahead now. <laughs> that's okay. It, we were, it was fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, when I got in comics with, with smoke town, right. And uh, how that happened, uh, Philip Kennedy, Jonathan, and I, we go, we go back. Uh, we were on the road together in a band, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I wondered. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we reconnected here. At the time, we didn't know that, that either of us was into comics or, you know, I didn't know he wrote. He didn't know I was an artist. We reconnected here. It's like, wait a minute, you. So, uh, he and I and a, another guy, Dustin Mollick, also in the area here. Uh, Phil wanted to do this one shot, at the time called Killing Marcus, right? So we did this this one, you know, this one issue with the idea that put it on Comicsology or something, and uh, then James Pruitt. Uh, from Scout Comics approached Phil you know he was looking for stuff to publish and pitched Phil on it it's like would you like to do this with us would you like to make a series out of it and the three of us are like wait what and uh, yeah and then it, it started from there so it just started this this thing that three of us wanted to sort of knock out and see if we could become a comic team you know yeah you know, I was, I'm sorry Matt you go ahead no, I just I I was able to read the 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 trade today, and when I got to the the last page where it had the bios, and it sort of said everything that you guys had done, and I saw all the the musicians that were working on the book, I was like, I wonder if this is just they were yeah. like they were like friends before this, and then they all just sort of like, hey, let's 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 have this you know this comic made up of musicians, and like it seems like the whole art team is basically guys that are you know musicians and and artists at the at the same time right yeah. well uh, the the short version is phil is is in the united states army right he's in the army field band my wife is in uh is in the army band here in dc that's how they know each other and uh dustin plays in the uh, the Army Jazz Band at DC, the Army Blues. He's a fantastic saxophone player. Oh my, I mean, I'm good, but he's good. Jeez. <laughs> and Phil, fantastic trumpet player. So it's like we already knew each other as 
musicians in the first place. You know, them, yeah, cool. them is, is, you know, active military and me is a, a military spouse. Very cool. That's so cool. And I, I was wondering about that first issue, too, because it didn't end the way I expected. Of course, it didn't begin the way I expected it either. I like I, I remember your pitch to me at AwesomeCon, and I actually went and I bought the book after your pitch to me because you were like, it's like, you know, this violent book and everything is completely different than everything well, that we're, we're selling were, over we here. We were at the scoot table. The scoot like, table. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got to go check that out. And, you know, yeah. people get, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I went over and I checked it out. So I was, I was I'm familiar with Philip's work, so I knew it was going to be dark. So I went in. But I read the first issue and how it ended. I was like, oh, well, like, is this the end of the story right here? Like, it almost is like how, how it starts is like in media res. And then I love how it like goes back. So that's that's sort of you saying that that's sort of like the one shotness, I guess, yeah. of it. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. And um, this uh, I, I thought of this question while Seda was talking about sort of soul stream being something that was a part of like her high school experience. And I guess I'm wondering for both of you guys, uh, and uh, since we're talking about Smoketown, I'll ask you first, Scott. So like between that first issue and the next, the, the next several issues in that book, like, like what, what, what do you think like were the biggest lessons you were learning along that lines of like telling that story and, 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 and drawing comics? <laughs> How to draw comics. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's an amazing story. It was, you know, easy to be inspired by, and it was easy to get attached to the characters. And um, it was a trial by fire. I mean, you guys read it. It's like you see the art change issue to issue, and it's basically me figuring it out, you know? What I found to be cool was as the book went, Philip's dialogue would drop out more and more, and it would rely a lot on your performances and the artwork. Was that something that you guys were talking about while you were doing it? Um, yes and no. I mean, all three of us had say as far as, you know, what we thought would should happen. I mean, Phil always had final say. It's like, no, he's going to die, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> or live. You know, there are some positive moments. But um, a lot of Phil's writing is, is visual. So a lot of the things where there's no dialogue, he's being very, he's being very specific with what he wants to show and he's he's always very specific with camera angles and like who's talking and the the general mood you know so uh yeah a lot of his writing is is visual you know he That's doesn't cool. rely on dialogue as much at least in that book and so say that i'm sorry go mad no, I just sort of uh the stick on like the scripting questions had you ever worked um you know with a friend or, you know, put a script together, like when Philip approaches you to, to you know, you, you guys realize that you, you know, have this common bond, you guys are both in the area, you both are, you know, have this other interest that you're discovering. Had you had seen a script, a comic script before that, or was like the one that Philip gave you, like the first one you, you had ever seen? No, I, I'd seen them before. Okay. You know, uh, sort of experimenting, fooling around with other people. And also, you know, checking out books on making comics, yeah. you know, and you go to like DC Comics website and submissions and here's some sample scripts to if you want to, you know, practice. Yeah. And and then, you know, you're working with Philip. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, I've always heard the uh, the analogy that sort of like uh, it's sort of like a letter from the, the writer 
to the artist. So as long as they're sort of able to communicate the what they need to get through, there's no like exact format that everybody uses. Yeah. Um, yeah and, but and even yeah. But Seda, you are sort of the like the the again, you're like the one person shop. So to you know where where Philip might be like panel one, page one, I got these two people here. This is the environment. This is sort of what we're looking at. This is the mood. You know, Scott's getting a lot more direction, but these are sort of people and images that have lived in your head. Are you able to sort of not have to script it out as as fully and, and sort of discover on the page as you're sort of, you know, thumbnailing, penciling and, and stuff like that? Um, well, I think it definitely depends I know for issue one, the script was very thorough. It had like descriptions of what happens in every panel. Um, it was very specific. Um, but as I went, it sort of, I kind of figured out like what exactly I needed to write down for uh, just for me to be able to draw it. I was looking through the script for issue two recently and I found a panel where it just says, I can't explain the visual, but it's really good and it's gonna look good. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I know some of the later issues, I started to get into more kind of fight scene type stuff. And that uh, I definitely deviated from the script a lot because I did like I was, it, this comic, has uh, I've learned a lot of things. One of the things that I've learned and have struggled with is making fight scenes that are actually like make sense at all. Um, choreography. And, yeah, choreography, because you can only have one action per panel really. And that can be really hard to like to have things happen, but not have it drag on for too long to where there's nothing. Yeah, but I know uh, the script, uh, the scripting was a lot more loose for scenes like that because I wasn't really sure I kind of had to storyboard it out more than write it for some of that stuff. But I think for the most part, I was pretty detailed in my scripting, even though I was the only person working on it, just so I wouldn't forget what I wanted to happen. And just so I could like organize how many panels go on each page and how many pages there are and all that. But yeah. Yep. Did you have a, a page limit for each issue? Like, were you given like, this has to be 20 I pages. I wasn't given one, but I kind of gave one to myself because I felt I was worried that if I made it too long, I would be working on it forever. Um, and as a high school student, I didn't have that much free time anyway. So <laughs> kind of giving myself limits on the length of each issue was just kind of my way of making sure I didn't overwork myself to the point where it couldn't ever get done, basically. That's a that's a great plan. Yeah. Um, and then also as you're sort of figuring out like how many pages you want, you know, there's always the thing in comics where when you're telling it in, in single issue format, you're sort of resolving something, but you always want to like hook the reader to come back and to, you know, get the next issue. So are you trying to figure out like, all right, I have this sort of long-term story idea that, that I want to do. Do you be like, okay, this is a good breaking point where I can sort of aim to get issue one done, issue two done and sort of, you know, resolve stuff, but also, you know, want the having the reader want to come back for, for more. Well, I think I definitely, I had like a way that I structured each issue so that they each had, I wanted each issue to kind of have its own like smaller, like little story arc so that even if you like, theoretically, if you read just a random issue, you could still get some enjoyment out of it, even if you hadn't read the rest. But of course, um, since it, it since Soulstream, uh, it ended up being published as a, a single first issue, and then the rest of it is a trade paperback that didn't like 
I mean, you can't really just pick up just issue two because that doesn't exist. You you read the whole thing. But I still think that the way I structured it, I'm really happy with the way I structured it because I think it helps keep the reader engaged all the way through to have kind of like these like smaller story arcs each chapter that kind of lead up to a big thing at the end. And yeah, I have like a way that I structure the plot points so that they're like they flow right through so that they're paced well and all that. But yeah. Man, that's like so daunting as everything you talk about it. You make it sound so easy. Um, it's just like, like I'm jealous. But the, uh, the, the, the question I have um, about that process is like how, like uh, how conscious were you of like your style changing while you were working on it? Like, can you look at it now and be like, oh, wow, like I'm, drew, I drew it so differently then than I do now? Or, or do you feel like you kept a good, like you, you, you kept a consistent style throughout the whole book? Well, I definitely think I improved throughout the creation of the whole book. I definitely, sometimes I look at the earlier pages and then I look at like the pages toward the end and it's like, wow, I, I'm very happy with how much I've improved. And just, yeah, I think, I think you can sort of see like a progression <laughs> in the art as you read the book. Because the whole thing, it took me two years. So, of course, yeah. there was a lot of, like, there were some small art style changes. There was a lot of progression. I think the whole process definitely helped me get a lot better as an artist, which is great because that was one of my goals when I decided to make it. Yeah, something I saw looking through it is you really develop a consistency, you know, and sitting yeah. there and watching you, like, sign stuff with small portraits, you know, at the table. It's like you could, you know... <laughs> uh, uh knock out a quick soul stream in like 13 seconds thank you, know? you. it's like bam 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 and i was like oh you know there it is <laughs> i can do that i can barely sign my name without overthinking it that's amazing <laughs> uh. thank you. um so we like to talk a lot about process and you know we talked a little bit about the uh, scripting process um what are you what is what is your art process uh, i mean i'm looking at uh the background for Scott and it looks like it's maybe a little bit of traditional inks and uh and some digital stuff um so what's what's your what's your process for for art um we'll start with you Scott since we we can see kind of what we we think your 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 setup is <laughs> um <laughs> when I first started doing comics it was all it was it was all traditional because I wasn't equipped you know uh, then I got a big scanner, and then and then I got you know this, and uh, at some point in uh, the run of Midnight Sky, I just went all digital, uh, partly because it it saves space, it saves time, and there, there are some things that I still like to do uh, traditional, like like covers. I, I try to do all my covers, you know, I'll start them layouts and pencils you know, digital, and then I'll print it out in blue and, you know, do it by hand, because it, it, it's very satisfying, you know, because drawing on the screen is, it's very good, they've gotten very good at, at the, you know, the interface, the technology, but it's still not like, you know, the pencil on paper, pen on paper, the friction that you get. Yeah. And, and Seda, what is your, your process? I... I draw all of my comics start to finish on my iPad with an app. It's, it's, yeah, that's, 
Yeah. Oh, and then I, I use a tiny bit of Photoshop at the end for the CMYK formatting. And then that's it. So did you, uh, have you always been digital, Seda? Or did you ever like start off like pencil and ink on board? Um, well, I've, I've definitely, I've done some traditional stuff. I think I've always, uh, I've always really enjoyed and doing digital art um, ever since I was pretty young and I was able to get like my first little tablet and all that. But yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed traditional art as well. Although I mostly do digital. It's easier to carry around. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's easier to erase. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's a, and that's a question we had a guy on yesterday. I asked him as well. Cause he's all digital. He went from like, he went from like the original, like drawing in like your wide rule notebook kind of thing. And then like, eventually like he goes, he talks <laughs> about that, that evolution. Now he's all digital, but I'm wondering how yeah, you Scott now being all digital and how, where do you say like, okay, I can't undo anymore. Right. You know, like, where do you, like, where do you be like, okay, it's good now. We, that's, that's what, like one of the, eternal challenges of making comics because you don't have much time to do it you got to do that something something that's that's good enough that'll let you sleep at night but quick enough so you get it in by whenever you know because it has to be in on thursday or something because you know we got to get the uh you know we we have to have something for solicitations you know and uh so yeah it yeah sorry that kind of becomes a big question isn't it it's like, when do you know when to stop? And, and there's so many things that like, okay, you know, fine, dig it. And I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? But um, it's something that I say and I talked about a bit, like at the convention is, you know, as the, as the artist, you're always very critical of, of what you're doing. And it's like, what was I thinking? This could be better. You know, sometimes you're happy, but, but, uh, we should let people decide and if they're happy with it, we can't tell them that they're wrong, you know, because sometimes people are very happy with something that we do that we are not very happy with, you know, uh, and part of like when you make it and you, you release it out into the world and it has a life of its own, you know, and people like it or they don't and you can't really do much about that. Yeah. And I, I find usually cause I get, I get done with something and I hate it. And then if I leave it for a while, come back to it i'm pretty proud like yeah not bad you know yeah, like yeah yeah um and Seda, well, what's your self-control with the undo button what does that look like are you because you've had two years to work on this if i had two years to work on something like it'd be like 10 pages long and like you know <laughs> like nothing you know would get done but what what was it what, what what's your what's your method of self-control there um well, it is definitely very hard to not just draw the same line over and over forever sometimes. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I, I mostly just try to like set goals for myself, I guess. I know toward the end of working on it, at some point I was just like, okay, if I need to get all the sketches for this page done today and then I can do the line art tomorrow and I can do the colors the next day and then that's three days for a page that's... And of course, sometimes that does not go as planned because it is very hard to do a page in three days for me. Um, you get ambitious. But yeah, that, of course, that was that was at the very end. Like before that, um, 
like before the because I was getting close to deadlines and stuff I know for most of the comic I mostly got done like a page a week for the most part um and that was with like all my high school work and all that but toward the end of the creation of the book I was in my senior year I had a lot less classes that year um a lot of things were finishing up so I was able to mostly spend like I would just sit down and I would work on it just all day and I would try to get as much done as I could. And yeah, I I just try to like set schedules for, try, try to set goals, I guess. Sita, did, did you ever bribe yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember specific times, but I'm sure I did. That's like, if I finish this, I can... I can go play video games for yeah the rest of the day. Exactly. Like there's there's a couple of video games I like. I put them in the box and wrote a note. It's like not until this issue is finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So did you do anything like that or like or like you know I'll, or something? I can't, yourself. I can't remember any specific examples, but I'd be like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna work until this time, and then I'm gonna go sit and watch cartoons, and then that'll be my day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Seda, was your sort of maybe your last two years of high school? Um, was it unfortunately during sort of the, the the pandemic and like how did like so? I'm not sure what your situation was, but were you like homeschool, like you know, doing the remote learning and also sort of you know uh, at home? You just sort of you got the school computer, you're getting all the work done, and then it's like, all right, it's it's time, you know the closing bell of school goes off and then it's, you know, picking up the, the iPad and drawing and like, how do you sort of keep that discipline of, you know, I've been on a screen all day doing my schoolwork and now I'm going to pick up another screen and, and, you know, be doing some, some personal work for, for another project. How do you handle sort of all of that? Oh, well, for me, um, so for high school and I was, and for most of my education, I've been at, or I was at, I graduated. Um, I was at, it was like a, like a hybrid homeschool charter school. So for high school, I went in twice a week, I got my homework and then we did most of the homework at home. Like, and we used Google classroom a lot. So when the pandemic hit, there wasn't that much that needed to be done to fully transition to just completely online. Yeah. And since I only had classes twice a week, um, that definitely freed up a lot of time for working on the comic. And even before the pandemic, that was super helpful for me working on SoulStream to only have to go into school twice a week um, for my classes. And then I could come home and do all my homework. And then I could spend my free time working on my comic. <laughs> uh, but it was also interesting because since all of the um, the big events got canceled due to COVID, it was, I mean, I guess I had more time to stay home working on the comic than I probably would have just because like, wow, I'm not missing my senior prom to work on my comic because there is no senior prom. <laughs> wow, I'm not missing out on anything because there's nothing else going on. That's the, well, yeah. I guess that's the, the good parts and the <laughs> bad parts, I guess. It's like, it's all a matter of perspective. We get a good comic out of it, but then you also miss out on prom. Yeah, did did you uh, did you want to go to prom? I mean, what things do you did you um, feel well, you really missed out since on? Since it was since it was year? a it was a pretty small school, so I was able to go to prom my freshman and sophomore years instead okay. of so that way. Like since I did that, I I did go to prom technically. I wasn't a junior or a senior, but it was mm -hmm. good because that way I was still able to do it. Oh good. But 
but it was definitely hard not being able to go and see my friends a lot so yeah and like yeah. graduation what did you uh you know how was that handled yeah by that time we were able to we were able to do like an in-person graduation we wore masks it was socially mm. distanced but we were able mm. to walk across a stage outdoors um and my my class was pretty small so it was it wasn't too many people it was okay but cool yeah. so um so i have a question um as far as like uh the first time one of your books is is in a comic shop so scott i'm not familiar with with midnight sky was that first or was uh smoketown first uh smoketown was first and then i went into midnight sky not too long after that so um what was it like to sort of you know you have this this love of comics, you know, uh, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> comics, you know, those 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 X-Men comics. But it's got to be totally different to to walk into a shop um, and, and and see your book uh, on the stand. So so what was that like? So uh, when when the first issue issue of Smoketown came out, it's like I, I drove around to five different stores. I went to like five comic shops just to look at it, mm -hmm. you know, because like the company sent me a box full of them. So it's not like I had to go get it, you know, but I just, I wanted to see it in the wild. I was like, and I was like, <laughs> it, yeah, super cool, super cool. And I, I, I still do that when an issue comes out, I'll go to like, I'll go to third eye and, uh, you know, cause they'll have it, you know, and yeah. then like a few other places carry, carry scout comics, but more than they used to, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just go and look at it or, I'll, you know, I'll be like, you know, I'll get a selfie with myself and the book. It, yeah, just like I feel, I feel stupid and like a little kid. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, it's super cool. And 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 Seda, how about uh, for you? How about I know that we had a single issue of uh, of your book. Did you did you go to a to a shop and and see it on the on the stands or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Um, and I, I know when the when the Ashcan preview first came out a couple months before issue one came out, I know I, I went to some comic shops that were that were near me. I don't have a comic shop in my town, but I have some that are like an hour away. So I would we drove to some of those. We gave them Ashcan previews and then a lot of those stores pre-ordered issue one of Soulstream. So I was able to go and just see it. And that was super exciting. Um, and I think we dropped off like promotional materials to a bunch of them. Like we gave them like postcards and all these little things that they could give to customers who bought my book. And it was really exciting because I know I know for sure when I started this book, I never would have thought that any of this would have would have happened. <laughs> have you been um and correct me if I'm wrong, the the trade came out today, right? In stores? Uh, it comes it comes out on it comes out in comic shops on like the 22nd and it 22nd. comes out in bookstores on the 28th. But Same we did have sure. copies of it at Awesome Con. I have copies of it right now. Uh, and I think, and I will have copies of it at, I, I know I'm doing some local signing events pretty soon in my area. So that's exciting. I have one uh, this weekend at Heidi Ho Comics in LA. Um, I have another one at Horizon Comics in uh, toward September, or it is September. Um, it's toward the book release. I think it's the next weekend. Yes, it is. But yeah. Are you so, looking forward to those? 
I am. I am looking forward to those. I think it's going to be a good time. To, and it's just really exciting, too, ever since I've been able to start selling the trade paperback to people. Because selling issue one to people is great and it's awesome. But I love just being able to give people like the complete story that I've been working on for all this time. And they can read it and they can just read the whole thing and they can enjoy it. And yeah, and it makes me really happy. So you guys hinted on this a little bit, like, um, you know, you're going to book signings and stuff like that. You know, to, to get a book published is, is, is a big feat. But also, um, once you have it published, sort of, or you get it picked up by a publisher, the, the work is not really, really done. I mean, you know, if, if you're fortunate enough to have a Batman or Spider-Man book, those books are going to, to sell uh, on their own. But, you know, once you get into to previews and you're in a, you know, you're, you're with a publisher that is not one of the big two, you're still, you still have to work and grind to sort of get you know, shops to know that it's there and, and work there. So there's, you know, there's the signings, there's going on the podcast, but it doesn't really, doesn't really end once, once you're in, in previews and, and stuff like that, you still got to work to, 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 to get people to, to know the book is there, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's right. Seda has a great, uh, great resource, especially in her mother. <laughs> Because her mother is is like a tireless advocate and manager, and just uh, you know, just seeing her in action was was really impressive. And you like Great. advocate for you, but then also for Scoot as a whole. Like mm-hmm. I bought books based off of her just being like, "And there's this, there's this, yeah. there's this. You can get this, you can get all the issues and stuff." It was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. How much does uh? how much does scout and scoot are they are they helping you guys organize these events like signings and things like that or is it sort of on you seda and people like your mother to sort of help find like you know to, to find events to promote the book and things um i'm guessing just how many resources are available to you guys oh well i know for awesome con that was that was run by scout and scoot and we flew out there uh to go be at the table but for the most pretty much most of the events we do here, uh, me and my mom help organize, but I know Charlie Stickney has helped out, us out a lot with getting like getting events done. I know the signing I have next weekend at Heidi Ho, that was uh, like orchestra. That was, he helped a lot in getting that together. He's going to be there too. It's going to be really great. Um, I know I had a, a free comic book day event at Comics Factory in Pasadena that he uh, that was that was also him. He was also there too. That was great. But yeah, he's been super great at uh, with like helping get stuff set up for me to promote my book. And yeah, and my mom has been great in helping get these events going. I know we we go to the comic shops that are near us and we talk to them and we try to get events set up. And yeah, it's yeah, and, and awesome. Yeah, the people at Scout are really uh helpful and, and if if scout has a, a table at a convention you know they, they're always very welcoming and and like yeah come and sit at the table if you want to do a signing and you know so so scott for you um the and i'm guessing this is the case but uh do you do you think it's easier for you to um 
promote your book when when Philip has these other <laughs> sort of high profile books uh you you know you can sort of hey go hey you know guy who wrote this book also writes Superman do you do, do you find that to, to be beneficial I, I found that I, I usually don't have to bring it up right it's like a lot of people uh especially the past year you know are noticing like PKJ did a scout book you know it's like they're they're looking for his stuff already mm-hmm. so it's like I don't have to do much with that um, also scouts got this sort of I'm not saying that like it's got like this prestige to it too like as indie comics have grown in the last year a lot like it seems like scout has grown with it you know and um especially yeah. with like books like the recount and things like that being on a lot of people's radar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. recount and uh, a lot of the black caravan label uh mm-hmm. titles have done well uh Yeah, I, I met someone <laughs> at the convention. I can't remember who, so never mind. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, I remember something that uh, I was talking with Seda's mom about, you know, was just the fact that no one goes into fine arts to, to do business, right? It's something that I think schools do a lot better at now, preparing artists to also be business people. You know, because uh, the idea of self-promotion for an artist is often uh, distasteful. You know, because we're we're all so humble. You know? <laughs> but um, in that way, I feel Scout does a pretty good job as far as you know, having a strong presence on social media and things like that. Yeah, um, I think the, the, the thing being an, someone creative and wanting to, to tell stories, you just want people to find it because they want to find you, right? So that, you know, you want that worth. But I hated drawing, writing up artist statements and things like that, like, because it's just, yeah, you're right. It, it's like, it's sort of like more vain to want to do that because you think, <laughs> I don't need to sell myself. They should want to find my art, you know? That's right. It's like, you know, when you're writing in the, the third person, well, Scott did this and like, did he? <laughs> it's unnatural. <laughs> it is unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seda, do you have, um, well, what's the plan for you in the future? Are you, are you planning on just, you know, just trying do you have other books like in the series that you want to do next? Or are you looking at like maybe trying to challenge yourself with like a different kind of art form? Like what's on the, what are your future plans with, um, with art? Well, I'm, I'm going to be working on volume two of soul stream. I'm working on that right now. So that's something I'm working on. I also have, I have a lot of conventions lined up for this next year. Cause I'm taking my gap year before I go to college. Um, yeah, I have, I have the Bakersfield comic con. I'm going to be at the LA comic con. There's one in Ontario comic con revolution. I'm going to be at WonderCon. I have all these cons lined up. It's very exciting. Um, but yeah. And and I've been working on also I have uh, there's the the Scoot Frontiers magazine, which has been coming out quarterly, I think. And I've been working on materials to have in that as well, because that has that has little like activities and previews of a lot of different books from the Scoot line, including mine. So I've been doing some work for that. Yeah, my brother picked up one of those for our niece, um, oh, who's yeah, six years cool. old and getting into comics. So we loved that. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, so are you going to school for, for art or are you like going to focus on something else for college? I'd like to major in animation, but I have other majors I'm considering as well that I'm doing research on. But mostly I want to go to a school that at least has the option for animation just because I'd, I'd really like to try to major in that. I know I'm, I'm looking at some different like Cal State schools, like I think Fullerton, Long Beach, San Jose, some others too, but yeah. Awesome. Scott, do you have a busy con schedule coming up for the rest of the year? No. Um, I canceled a few things just cause you know, COVID whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of gonna kind of sit tight till next spring. And there's a lot of work to do anyway, you know, so yeah. So uh, is it safe to say that like Midnight Sky is uh, is your focus uh, right now? Midnight Sky is in the can. Uh, okay. That wrapped up in eight issues uh, that finished this past spring. The trade paperback is coming out, I think, in a couple weeks. I want to say September 29th. Uh, Midnight Sky trade paperback comes out. It also includes the the ash can and also the uh, 10 page prequel story that appeared in the scout comics free comic book day issue and what else uh the title box for smoketown comes out uh is available today from smoketown if you're not familiar with what that is it's a it's it's a box that has smoketown artwork on it and includes all eight issues and I can't remember what else is in there. You might get a comic tag with it as well. But, yeah, that is available today. And uh, the book I'm working on now, let me just do a commercial about me, um, is called Charm City. It's the result of the script-to-comic contest that Scout had last year. And... uh, the people entered their scripts into the contest and uh, the prizes were like, you get to have your comic made by someone like me. So uh, a great writer named Josh Eiserzeich, uh out in LA wrote this nice book, five issues. Uh, we're most of the way through working through issue one. Hope to get it on stands in a few months. We want to have a couple in the can before we put it out there to get ahead of the curve, you know. But it, it's interesting story set in Baltimore, um, and there's a well, it's it's kind of a crime story, but there's more. Exciting. <laughs> Do you like? Also, yeah. I, I guess this is sort of a step back question and things like that. But uh, are you kind of comfortable in like the crime genre? Is that sort of something that attracts you, or are you like looking for other other genres at some point? Well, it, <laughs> apparently, it, you know, apparently I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, starting comics, I was, you know, hoping to do superheroes or Thor or something. Uh, but it's all, they've all been very grounded and lots of, uh, lots of clothing with wrinkles to draw as opposed to <laughs> the convenient body suits that we see the superheroes <laughs> wearing. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, my interest are across the board uh we should drag that that uh 
question towards Seda. Yeah, I, in the I realm definitely... of comics, would you like to get yeah. into a different genre at, at some point? Do you have ideas about a different sort of story? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, right, right now I'm mostly focusing on Soul Stream, but mm-hmm. I think I would definitely enjoy trying other kinds of genres in the future. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Do you have some ideas in the can of like, you know, like uh, like you have like a, a notebook full of like ideas <laughs> of other stories and things? Uh, not really. Although I, I have just been spending a lot of time just like playing D&D with my friends and drawing D&D characters and that we have a very complex plot going. It's a very, very fun um well i spend a lot of time just drawing dnt characters now but yeah that's i don't really have like like a a list of like other stories that i'll like get to once i'm all done with soul stream but i guess that's the closest thing i have to something like that there's so much fun to draw because it's like at least for me i've only done it once but i loved it and i was like i wanted to like put myself out there as just someone who drew dnd characters <laughs> it's like it's so much fun there's a market for that yeah yeah and we have we have like well it's awesome too because we have just like we keep making npc and because because all three of us are artists so we have it's it's a very like like we just have a lot of characters we just have a very good time together (laughs) so I have one question about uh, the Charm City book. Um, Scott, with you being in the area, do you, uh, I guess, you know, now with like Google Images and Google Street View, it wouldn't be so difficult to do, but do you sort of go for like a drive and just sort of like see things and, you know, Baltimore is a pretty interesting place because, you know, there's, there's the Inner Harbor that's you know nice and safe and then if you go you know further mm. out it might not be the be the same so are you are you doing things like that or are you relying on sort of the internet <laughs> our viewers at home i would say that uh, baltimore like many major cities has has a uh, lot of different sorts of areas uh, better parts than others and uh, uh, baltimore is no exception but yeah um i will uh yeah, I agree that uh, Google Maps is an excellent resource now. It, it's amazing. It's like, you've never been somewhere? Well, just look it up there and go on the street view. It's like, oh, but um, it, no, I, I uh, well, we go to Baltimore periodically anyways, because it's just, you know, uh, nothing against DC, but Baltimore is a real city. You know, it's like, it fun, it's, anyway, why wouldn't you go to Baltimore? It's cool. But yeah, we've, we've started taking day trips uh, to check out some of the locations that are in the book because there's a lot of real locations and and uh places that some of the names have changed but a lot are you know uh fair game or you know free domain but yeah so like uh last day trip we went to federal hill and you know just hung out and yeah beautiful area so so yeah i i go in and as much as I can look at the actual thing, because you get a different feel for it, you know. Seda, do you go to the Soul Stream locations? <laughs> um, the desolate kingdom. Desolate kingdom. <laughs> yes, yeah. every weekend I travel to a desolate kingdom and I take <laughs> reference photos, and it's no. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I I don't really go to I mean none of the the story it all takes place in fictional locations and even the real world city they live is basically fictional. Uh, I guess I I do take reference photos of things sometimes. I know uh, for one panel I just went outside and I like took a picture of my basketball court and then I like referenced it. That was pretty cool. I've I've also used like. I've used Minecraft as a as a reference for perspective um, several times, which I think is very funny. That's funny to me. I don't know. Um, Good idea. It makes a lot of sense. You just build it in Minecraft, and then there you go. It's Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay all that money for SketchUp, you know? Exactly, (laughs) and you have fun at the same time. You can blow it up afterwards. Yeah, you can destroy it. And another thing is also I that I forgot about until just this second. Um, one of the in in the book they they go to this like this like magical temple place um and the architecture for that is based on a cathedral that i visited in trondheim in norway a couple years ago that's probably worth mentioning on the topic of like using locations as references but that was that was great experience visiting that and i think it's i don't know i I think it's cool that that like it like worked its way into my comic and that is cool it is very cool. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Smoketown is loosely based on, well, actually, Centralia is is in the book, which is an actual place. And my wife and I had been there. That was not a great trip. We thought it would be cool, but like, what a depressing place. Yeah. It was, I, I remember when it got to that part, I was like, oh, man, they added some like real depressing stuff on top of the <laughs> other real depressing stuff. That's so great. Thanks, yeah. Philip. Because that's how Philip does it. Is like it's like, oh, you thought it was you weren't too depressed. Wait until you get to this part. Like, um, but I love his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sure you're gonna get the the pull quote. It's the the more depressing stuff added on top of the depressing stuff. I don't know if that's the the pull quote that, that they're gonna want on the on the book. <laughs> you want to see sad people in a sad location, smoke town. That's how it is. <laughs> Creating comics, one scene, one disaster at a time one disaster at a time despair upon despair uh but no actually i really love i love uh the i love the metaphorical location in smoke town of having it set in centralia like that actually i thought like it suited the story so well and uh yeah, especially in the climax of the story too yeah i mean like um, the town is sort of a amalgamation of, of just sort of little mill towns in pennsylvania although there is an area there's like a area called smoke town that we sort of uh were surprised to find out but you know, and i think i ran into someone at a convention who was actually from there and they're like Arr! and i was like sorry you know <laughs> but it, it, he was like excited so. nice yeah Awesome, guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun um, catching up or not catching up, but getting to learn, you know, the the process. You know, we have two different stories, but a lot of parallels as far as like putting the stories together and and, 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 and telling them. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, so, Seda, could you let folks know where they could sort of follow you online to stay up to date on, you know, your books that you're making now and books that might be coming out in the future? Uh, yeah, so I have social media accounts um, that are at Seda Wolf. I also have some that are at Soulstream Comic. Um, those are, you can find updates on there on both uh, where to get the book as well as different conventions and events that I will be at. Um, and 
Yeah, the uh, trade paperback of Soulstream is coming out in comic stores on September 22nd, and then in bookstores uh, through Simon & Schuster on September 28th. Nice. And, and Scott, what about you? Where's the best place online to sort of keep up with what you're working on? Um, my Instagram is, is that backwards? Can you see it? No, you can see it, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh... Zero one. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, so and, everybody can follow um, it. Stuff is available at uh, the Scout Comics website as well as uh, yeah, Facebook, I guess. Yeah, very cool. Well, well, thanks again, uh, guys. I, I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and uh, maybe okay. we can catch up soon. Yeah. Uh, you know more. You know, volume two um let's uh let's let's touch base again uh and, and talk about making comics yeah yeah awesome. thank you so much thanks for no problem uh i'd like to thank everybody for listening if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use really appreciate it if you want to follow the podcast we're on twitter it's at construct Compod. instagram is constructing comics pod facebook is constructing comics and i'd like to thank you for listening please be safe be nice and go out there and make some comics thank you